So, from The Awakened Soul by Gabron. He who endeavors to cleave the body from the spirit, or the spirit from the body, is directing his heart away from truth. The flower and its fragrance are one, and the blind who deny the color and the image of the flower, believing that it possesses only a fragrance vibrating the ether, are like those who pinch nostrils, who believe the flowers are not but pictures and colors, possessing no fragrance. All right. So, today I want to find a way to begin to liven things up a little bit. We often gather here every week and listen to a discourse, a sharing about spirit, and we'll probably do the same today. But as a core of that sharing today, that's the message I want to get across, is to begin to enliven things. Because a lot of the times we can get very complacent or stagnant even in our practice of spirit and meditation, we could even be doing meditation. We have everything set up. We have a certain time of day we do it. We get up, we do it. We go through all the motions. And it's part of our lives now, which is what we want. But there is this part we call actually living the experience of that which we are doing in life. And that's an important thing to remember. Because I bet there's probably not one soul in a physical body that even in doing the meditation practice and loving God and doing it perfectly still does not have some type of issue or struggle or challenge that it's dealing with in this world. Anybody here? No? So get in there. Shake things up a little bit. Liven it up. Get involved and participate in this process, both inwardly and outwardly. There's threefold all the time. What do we hear? The Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. The Father, Mother, the Son. There's always a trinity. We even have LAF, loving, acceptance, forgiveness. Peace, joy, love. There's always these trinities of things. Well, guess what another trinity is? God, self, and others. And isn't that what we're experiencing in this physical life? All those three aspects? God, self, and others. It's funny, maybe Jesus should have said the three golden rules instead of two or one or whatever it is. In truth, it's all God. But in that extension of God into expression, there's these appearances of individuals and other aspects, which is part of the creation. So even in those two rules even Jesus laid out what was the first one love God with all your body mind and soul so that's the first so in a sense thank God first in other words again how often we hear Jim say God first God only God first God only all the time right you're getting so used to it it's like yeah 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 I'm saying that because don't we sometimes when we hear something all the time it just starts to kind of fall into the background and we don't give it much attention anymore watch it if that's beginning to happen for you. Bring these things alive. We can do all the talking and sharing we want, but it's up to each of us to find a way to bring these teachings, these sharings, to bring them alive within ourselves. So we have to participate. 
And that first action of participation is with God. Love God. He didn't, he didn't say love yourself and love others. He said love God first. And then after that, love your neighbor as yourself. But who's doing loving God and who's doing loving the neighbor? The self. But the problem is, if we make the self first, what often happens? We come self-absorbed, self-focused, that we don't give enough attention to that which is around us or outside of ourselves, even God. Because in this realm, there is the appearance that we are separate from God. So there is that action of loving God as a being supposedly or assuming the appearance of in separation from us, something out there, just like we see other people out here. There's others. So if all we do is focus on the self, we can begin to get too self-centered. And then we begin to isolate ourselves and create a separation, not only from other people around us, but from God too. Think about it. I know I did this for years. My, my famous six years of depression I've talked about over the years. I really went inside and got focused. Yes, I did do a lot of the focus with God, but I really got, in a sense, self-absorbed of not wanting to even participate with other people because I don't want to deal with all the things that would stir up inside of me because of what they would do. What do most of us say? I don't want to deal with their stuff. Is it really their stuff or is it your stuff because what they do stirs something inside of you and you don't like what's stirred inside? Well, you figure that one out. Look to the source. But I found myself getting too absorbed in just where the source is, the self. So I spent so much time focused inwardly that I wasn't, in a sense, now creating that balance of life. I was really more out of balance of now just totally focused inside on my own process, my own issues. And that's good to a degree. But I would say not necessarily so if we find ourselves now in a sense, going into isolation or separating from others or other experiences or actions in life, and including God. Because I found that even though I was spending time in meditation with God, because of what I was doing in myself was actually creating a separation within myself with God because of what I was doing out here in the world. I was avoiding, judging, resisting, not wanting to do in the world out of fear of getting caught up. That's not neutrality. That's not acceptance. That's not loving. That's avoiding. That's separation. So I found myself creating this little cocoon or shell. But in that, I thought, okay, I'm going to get free because I'm giving so much time in meditation. But as I was doing it, well, one of the things I was aware of, I always heard about the joy of spirit, the peace, the loving, that awakening, that fulfillment. I wanted the joy and the energy of all that. But I found myself when I was more in this place of self-focus and isolation that I, instead of the joy, I was going into depression. Instead of having this abundant energy and loving flowing from me, I was all, in a sense, tightening up, having less energy, because there wasn't the sharing. 
There wasn't the participation. So I found myself in a peculiar place, thinking that, my gosh, maybe I'm not giving enough time, giving enough focus inwardly. And if anything, like you're hearing me say now, it's, if anything, I was giving too much, becoming too self-centered. So finally the day came, which it always does, whether it's days, weeks, months, or years, that something changes, something shifts, where we finally realize what I'm doing is not working. I'm not experiencing the joy. I'm not experiencing the greater fulfillment. I'm not experiencing that which I set out on this pathway to do, to experience. And so when we come to that realization, then what? Well, then it's up to us to now do something different. How many of us go out there seeking, not only in our own meditations, but going to psychics, tarot cards, astrologists, this and that, seeking the answers. Tell me what to do so I'm happy, right? Give me the information. Let me channel the message from God directly or some angel or something. Tell me. And if you're like me, you've probably went out and done some of these things or maybe are or going to. Seeking. But then what do we do even once we get the information? We usually get excited for a little while and probably a lot of us just set it to the side and forget all about it and go on doing what we are doing. Why well, he had to finally come to the place where I realized I was getting all the information, but I wasn't doing anything with it. It was now time to start doing, to get involved, to participate, to enliven these actions of spirit. Not just going through the motion, but to really live, to participate in what was unfolding. Not only inwardly, but now to live my life even physically, to live the spirit within to become that living prayer, the walking meditation, to have that inner focus, but yet being able to open my eyes and get up and do the day, but still have that inner experience of loving, continuing to move even as I go about the day. So I had to get up and start participating and doing things in the world, with the world, with other people, because guess what? God, self, others, since we are God here in self, then there's also God in those other selves we call others. It's the same God. That same soul in which we are all one. So what really then, if you look at it that way, is the difference between focusing in the God in the self or God in others since it's all God? I found that God is truly a creative, dynamic, active principle of life itself and movement. But to really wake up and understand and know that greater truth, we do need to wake up and understand it in the truth where it resides in spirit and in that movement of how that creative action flows into the world. And so it is God first and God only. And we wake up to that greater God, and we wake up to the God that we are, God first and God only. And then we also participate out here, God first and God only, the God in all. 
So it really does become God first and God only. But in that action, we need to focus on God and then allow God to awaken and allow God to awaken. Does this make sense? So I'm making this kind of linear and at the same time hopefully opening up because there is an order of awakening or experience or how we focus that allows us to unfold. A lot of us try to go out and discover the God in others or ourselves. So we'll go out and do all kinds of workshops and personal growth things, trying to awaken and know ourselves and know other people. And then it's all this outer interaction, which is really wonderful. I've done a lot of that, and I like that because it does get the energy moving. You do participate. But then I found if I wasn't doing the meditation and really focusing on God within and going to, into spirit and away from the world, that I wasn't having the true fuller awakening to the greater truth. All I was doing was seeing a partial truth in the world, not the fullness of truth I experience inside. But I also found, as I was just saying a few minutes ago, when all I did was focus on the God inside, while well, I was missing this other part of God, in a sense that's participating in the world all around me. So in other words, not avoiding life inwardly or outwardly, but not also getting caught up in life outside of ourselves. And so there is a priority, an order, a flow, God, self, others, because that's how that flow of loving truly moves. And that's how we come to know it in a greater fullness. So part of this action of enlivening, of participation, of really stirring things up, waking things up inside of ourselves. There is this aspect where we do have our experiences in the world to participate in and in the relationships around us. It's important for us to participate in those relationships, for good or bad. Think about it. Most of us seek pleasure. We look for the nice experiences. And most of us avoid pain or discomfort. So we try to go the other way when something appears uncomfortable. We avoid people that stir those negative feelings in us. We go towards people that stir the positive feelings, right? So here we are bouncing around the world, all the polarities, negative, positive, attracting, repulsing. All this goes on in the world. And this is how much the world functions. But for those of us who really want to get free of all the magnetic attractions and repulsions, need to find that way, the center way, that path of neutrality where we come into the unconditional loving which is neutral and does not operate by this pulling and pushing that magnetic polarity does. So in order to do that, we have to participate with that. God first, God only. God is that neutrality. And when we begin to live in that, we'll start to see the pushing and the pulling, the negative, positive in the world, and how we even respond and how others respond. And then we begin to see if we avoid that, we're going to have unfinished lessons 
things incomplete. This isn't a pathway of avoiding and thinking by not participating I'm getting free of my karma. Uh-uh. This is a process of participation in the polarity and getting your freedom from the polarity by bringing the neutrality into where that polarity charge is inside of yourself. But most of the time, we don't even know what's in there until what? Until we have something going on in the world around us with some other person that stirs up all the junk inside. That's how we usually know when we're caught up in polarity. The very thing we want to avoid. We don't want to avoid it. We want to bring the loving into that because it is the loving that discharges the polarity. If you avoid it, you're the one who experienced it, right? You went into a situation, somebody said something or did something, you got all riled up inside, you're all reactive and upset. That's in you. So just leaving the situation, yeah, you walk away from it, okay, it settles down. But where is it? It's inside of you. So what do you do from that point? You avoid That's those types of situations or persons who stir that in you. You go back there again, oh, there it is again, walk away, I don't want to deal with that. Well, guess what? That is living in you and now running you. Just because you're avoiding the situations or the people that seem to trigger it inside there, doesn't mean you're getting free from it. It means that you're just simply avoiding it. And sooner or later, there's going to come a time where we're going to have to deal with it. But how do we deal with it? That's the biggest challenge that everybody has on this planet, is how to deal with these things. But what are we doing here? Meditation, the names of God, loving, acceptance, forgiveness. That's the inner. That's God and self. The names of God, initiation, or loving God, and open to receive God's love. But then also to really receive God's love, guess what else? How that works. To fully receive God's love, we've also got to love ourselves so that God can love us. God's always loving us. But if we're not loving ourselves, we keep that door closed. So we don't even allow the love in to do the healing that we want it to do. So the next step, loving of self, accepting of self, and forgiving all those judgments and fears that create separation within ourselves, with ourselves, and with God, and with others. That's all done inside. We have meditation with God, meditation with ourselves, level AF. Okay, so we're starting to handle that. I'm doing the work. But then how come when I go out here, I still have that reaction out here with others? Well, that's to let you know you've got still that work to do inside. Keep doing the work inside until you can go back into those situations and you no longer have that reaction or disturbance within. That's how you'll know. Not to avoid the situations but to be able to participate and walk through them without the inner disturbance and reaction. If you have a reaction, that means you're still caught in polarity, and all you have to do is, again, love it. Not only love it, but also give it to God. That's the forgiveness. 
you know, I've done a lot of forgiveness and forgiving myself and forgiving others. And I found a level of success in that. But you know where I found the most success? Is in giving it up to God. Just, Lord, this is yours. I give it to you. That's true forgiveness. It's giving. You give it up to God. You let it go. You release it and let God take it. And then allow God now to fill you up with loving, which is the neutrality. I like to say it, the great demagnetizer. It demagnetizes the polarity, that unconditional loving. So give it up to God. And then allow yourself to receive that loving and to take it in and love yourself. And to love that part of you that was in reaction, that was hurt, that was angry, that was sad, that was controlling, that was frustrated, that was whatever, unmet expectations. All these things. Giving up our desires, giving up our attachments. Choosing the freedom of spirit to truly live freely in spirit and not caught up in the world. Okay, Brian, I'm, I've been doing that. I'm doing that. But I'm still having all these issues and relationships and circumstances in the world around me that they just don't seem to change. Okay, so there's the other part. So we handle God and self, now others. So what do we do about this part of loving my neighbor as myself? How do I handle this other now when I'm doing the inner work and I'm having a degree of success, but yet still something doesn't seem to complete or finish in my experience with others now around me? This is the greater participation now of learning how to love yourself, learning how to love others as yourself, but you've got to love yourself first, so you've got to do it in that order, God, self. And then that loving begin, can begin to even now be shared with others. We call it the overflow. So it can now begin, we can begin to see now how can I be loving with others as I have been loving God and loving myself? How can I now also extend that loving to others? So the cycle is fulfilled. One, two, three. And that's the journey we're on in this world. That's the journey of our karmas, our unlearned lessons. But I always like to say to learn the lesson, we've got to go have the experience. That's why I'm so big on going and participating in life, to have the experience so we learn the lesson. But we need to bring the loving with us, to love the situations, to love the people, to let that loving inside now come into the world so that that loving can now go into the world and that with loving, loving is also known as the light of awareness, the light of knowing, gnosis, the awakener, the revealer, revelation. The light lights things up so we can see and know. So if we bring the light with us and into the world, then that light of spirit can begin to reveal that learning for ourselves. And in that we can, we can begin to see how to be loving in the world. What is that phrase that Jim always said? How do you start today? Ask the light of the Holy Spirit to go before me. Mm -hmm. 
in that way? I asked for the Holy Spirit to go before me. Um, <laughs> if I think about it, I can't say okay. it. <laughs> Uh, just now I asked for the Holy Spirit to go before me, clearing away any and all disturbances and distractions, that I might keep my eyes on you. So that's it. To go before me. So that's a movement of loving. Even into the world. But down from the heart of God, down through the soul, down through all the levels of our consciousness, and then into the world to go before me. So that really those actions, those thoughts, those feelings, those words, those whatevers we do are done in loving. And it's those actions done in loving that begins to free us from those attachments and disturbances we experience in the world around us. Now I'm not saying we've got to go and participate in everything in the world, no. I'm only talking about just certain situations in your own life that you know when you participate, whatever the circumstance or people involved, that it creates a reaction in you. It's just those situations I'm speaking of. Like a partner or a child or a boss or a relative or a friend. More of our personal circumference, not something halfway across the world that we only know about because of the news. I'm talking about your own personal world. That's all we have to do because that's what God's given us. In truth, we've created it. The God that we are has given ourselves that by our actions. We've created these circumstances for our own learning and experience. So bring your loving now into that which you've created so that you can begin to now free yourself and fulfill the creation. And that's what loving does. It fulfills it. But the fulfillment is also through the participation and that light reveals it so that we wake up and learn the lesson. That's the fulfillment and the freedom of the karma. I hope this is making sense. I'm trying to break things down in a practical way, which is sometimes hard to do because it's a movement of spirit. But if you can kind of get that order in that way and begin to look at how you can live that loving even into the world, you'll begin to find the greater freedom. But there's a big key factor in this. It's one Jim and I talked of many years ago and we haven't talked about it much in the last while. Then maybe it's begin to start to look at again. And that big factor that I have found effective in sharing the loving into the world around me is communication. Communication. How to effectively communicate with loving so that we free ourselves of the attachments to karmas, that we learn the lessons, that we can walk through the world truly living the greater loving, having more of the joy and the peace that we're seeking because we're allowing that spirit within us to now live fully. And that's a big part where a lot of us run up against the wall because we get too uncomfortable with our own thoughts and feelings and that uncomfortableness often makes it hard to now reach out, to communicate, to get past that barrier 
of reaction we're in. How do we deal with that? Again, the inner work first. But then as we begin to bring the loving in there, and how can we share that now, the loving in the world? Now, I'm not going to necessarily go over everything and give all the answers today in this talk, but maybe as we move forward unfold, this action of communication through spirit, through loving, and ways to find effectively in sharing and listening in the world. There's the giving and the receiving. Both sharing and listening, giving and receiving, that we can begin to find the ways to let that loving flow in our own lives. I like to call communication communion in action. What's communion? I like to also break it down and look at it as coming into union. The action of coming into union. Well, what do we usually think of when we think of communion or coming into union in that way? With God, right? Or our soul. That's it. True communication brings us into communion or union with that spirit of loving. And so effective communication in the world can also bring us into that communion with the spirit or the divine in all things, just as in ourselves, but also in the divine and others around us. To communicate, to touch into that spirit within each individual. And to me, effective communication is a way we can, even in our words, begin to open the doors of loving within ourselves and allow that loving to be shared with others around us. But that's the journey. That's the discovery. That's the challenge and the trick. Because part of that challenge and trick is that maybe a lot of people in the world don't even want to do that. And here you want to do it, maybe. I'm not saying you do. But I bet some of you would like to do this. But the challenge can be is that maybe others around us don't want to do it. But what I have found is that that is no concern of mine or yours. Your only concern, my only concern, is that which we do and allow the freedom for others to do what they choose to do. In other words, there's no freedom if something is forced or put upon or we trying to control or make it happen. We try to make somebody communicate. No. We do the communicating and we can invite others. But there's a whole lot of even learning how to communicate in loving rather than just blaming and arguing and disagreeing. That's not communication. So explore. The way I've always approached it is that through my words, as I share, do I experience a movement of loving within me that I have known through my meditations? Or through my words, do I feel a door closing down? Which I don't like if that happens in meditation. That's how I know if I'm effectively communicating or not. That's my main source. Is this looking inside and that movement within myself? 
That way, it's not an outer process. Communication's not an outer process. We're not trying to do or get anything from the world. We're simply sharing our loving. And in that sharing and freedom in ourselves is how we come to the greater fulfillment, how we come to the greater realizations of these challenges or issues we have in ourselves with the world. Okay? I hope I'm saying this enough. In ourselves with the world. Not the world. In ourselves with the world. So in other words, an effective part of communication is ownership. Own your process. Don't say, well, because what they did and what they're doing in the world, it's causing all this distress in me. In other words, it's their fault. No. That's not effective. That's not going to work. That's going to cause separation, resistance, fighting, struggle, frustration, pushing and pulling. That's what the world's already doing. If you want to keep staying in the world, keep doing it. If you want to get free of that and begin to take ownership of your own process with what's going on, deal with your own struggles inside. Deal with them in loving in acceptance and forgiveness, and then extend that out with others. But again, we have to do with ourselves first. We have to own our own feelings. How many times, here's another one, God first and God only, right? What's the other one we hear Jim say all the time? We're responsible for all of our thoughts, feelings, actions, and reactions, right? Well, this is what I'm talking about now. So we dealt with the God first and God only now, I'm talking about responsibility. Our own thoughts, our own feelings, our own actions, and our reactions. Own up to it. These are your thoughts and feelings and actions and reactions, not other people. Sure, other people can trigger things in you, but they're still yours. Whatever that is that's triggered, that's yours. Don't expect others to change it. You can yell at them and say, change what you said or do so I don't feel this way. Well, guess what? They could change what they say or do. And maybe it doesn't stir that in there. But guess what? That's still in there. If you haven't taken ownership or responsibility for it, by letting go of your charge of negative, positive polarity on that, your own reaction, So own it. That's how you begin to become responsible. And then when you own it, guess what? You that owns it is the soul. And what's the soul but loving? So guess what happens when you own it? It comes back to the source from which it's come. And guess what happens when creation comes back to the source? It dissolves. It merges into the oneness. It's gone, it's done, it's fulfilled, it's complete. Karma done. Haven't we heard the phrase, we reap what we sow, cause and effect. That which we put out comes back to us. What goes around comes around. What is all of that saying? That is saying we the creator, what we have put out through our actions has now caused some type of effect and guess what karma is? And guess what? Now the creator gets to learn from what it's created 
the karmas, through participation, through loving, and eventually all that we've created that goes out has to come back to its source, its creator. Guess what? God created soul. And guess what each of us is that soul as we've gone out into creation? Guess what? God's bringing us back home. That which was created will always come back to the source. God created the soul. The soul's gone out. And God is calling the soul back. And we're simply answering that call when we go inside. That's this whole pathway of sound and light. Coming back to the source. Well, guess what this reflection in the world is? The God that we are, that source that is put into creation, and now that which we've created has to come back to the source. To fulfill the creation, to learn the lessons. That's it. Pure and simple. So if you really, the soul, want to go back to God, and you know this principle, you'll want to take responsibility and ownership for all your thoughts, feelings, actions, and reactions. Because you'll realize it's up to you, and all you have to do now is now own or bring back to the source, the creator, that which you've created. And that will fulfill life's journey. That will fulfill the soul's experience through this land of reflection. That's communion in action, communication, bringing it back into union with its creator. That's the true action of communion. So communication, effective communication, even in simple ways in the world around us with other people, is that which we commune with or that which we put into action. If we put loving into action, the loving will bring back to the source that which is the illusion we've created and dissolve it, unify it, complete it. If that which we put out causes reaction, disturbance in ourselves and others, guess what? We're responsible for that. But how do we take responsibility? Loving, communion, action. Sounds like I'm on a movie set now. Action. That's right, the movie set of the world, the reflection, the illusion. This is how this works. It really is a simple process. The challenge or difficulties is because we have so many thoughts, so many feelings, so many details and experiences. That's what causes the confusion. Not the action of spirit. Not how to be loving. Not the simple principles by which life functions and exists and how we fulfill it. But just the details. But that's how we get caught up in the world and attached because we get caught up in all the details. Don't worry about the thoughts. Don't worry about the feelings. You're going to have all of that. Don't worry about what all the details look like or sound like or feel like or we think about them. Those are just the details. Those are not what is important. 
Think about it. How many times have you had an argument with somebody and you're so focused on one little detail and that's the source of the problem, right? It will be if you keep focused that way. That's not the problem. It's our approach to that detail that's the problem. So change the approach. You hear of the attitude? I, I kind of don't use that word much of anywhere anymore because it's gotten such a bad rap in my eyes. So instead of attitude, I say, you know, get a good attitude, change your attitude. You know, we usually slap that around. I've seen it used in negative ways now. So I like to say, change your approach. How do you approach it? Do you approach it with loving? Do you approach it with reaction? It's the approach that can make the difference. So change the approach. Look and discover how to bring the loving into the details so that you get free of the details. Because once you move into loving, guess what? You won't have the charge on the details anymore, and then they won't matter. And they never did anyway. They only did because we were so caught up in it with a positive or negative charge. But if we approach it with loving, the loving neutralizes it. And then it doesn't matter. That's the funny thing. It doesn't matter. We're in the land of matter, right? That's right. When it doesn't matter, you're no longer caught up in the material matter. Interesting, isn't it? All these common words we throw around and talk and use in our everyday language, the meaning behind it, but learning how to work with it. The other way I look at the word communion in action, communication, I also look at it as communification. Community unification. Well, what's the community? It can be anything. There's a community of look at all the inner self, me, myself, and I. Effective communication just in yourself. Think about it. How many times, maybe I should say how many times per day or hour, do you go into reaction with yourself? You judge yourself. You don't like what you're thinking. You don't like what you're feeling. You go into separation with yourself. You're resistant. You struggle. Just internally with yourself and with things in the world, but all internally. Just with the me, myself, and I. 